Board presents Board, James Board. I'm Luke. I'm Lars. And I'm Dad. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this is a little bit different than what you're probably used to. This is, we're going to be talking about every version of James Bond that's ever been filmed. Dad, why did you want to do this? Well, I really enjoyed doing the uh, the last two that I recorded with you guys, uh, just talking with you and, and talking about movies. And I thought about one of my favorite series of movies, which is which is James Bond. And there's there's so many of them. There's like 24. And I thought, well, this would be a great opportunity to go from from the 50s to the 2020s and look at how movies have changed, how characters have changed, and get to do that with my two sons. So I thought that would be just an outstanding idea, and I was thrilled when you said yes. Yeah, and I, I think that this is, it's a its a cool little side quest, if you will, because, you know, we've been, Lucas and I, over a year now, have been talking about fantasy movies in... I think that there's no better fantasy or male fantasy than James Bond, right? He is he's an epitome of mm-hmm. cool. You know, this is um, a chance for us to talk about something different, but still in that vein of it's fantastical. This is not reality. Yeah. Just a little, little heads up. For each of these, I will be testing out a different martini recipe based on cool. the movies, and they'll be inspired by the film. This one is called the Farmington Martini, and okay. it's what I it's what I used to drink up in Maine at University of Maine at Farmington at the Granary. It's a beer and three olives. So it's... And the reason why I chose it for this movie, the one that we'll watch, is that it's like a James Bond, but it's not quite there. It's... it's That's perfect. And... <laughs> yeah. To share, I actually have a martini in my hand. I was going to share in that as well. Excellent. Well, I have a glass of watered-down Coca-Cola, so I'm sorry for being off-brand. No, no, no. That's <laughs> fine. I, I should have told you all that I was doing this, but I, I, for each one, I'm going to make a different martini inspired by the film that we watch. I like it. So will you please send the recipes for each one of them to us so we can try them? And I'm going to be putting those in the description of every episode. Perfect. Perfect. And what's great about the Farmington Martini is that it's it's a Pilsner, so it's your standard regular beer. Mm-hmm. So there's your drink. You have an olive, so there's your snack. And then the olives, they do this dance in the glass where the carbonation bubbles attach to the olive, and they just keep going up and down in the glass. So, so, it's, so, a, it's, a, so drink, it's a show. It's a drink, a meal, and a show. Yep. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dinner and a movie. Dinner and a movie. <laughs> Perfect. So, Dad, what are we talking about today? Because we're doing something a little different with this one. We're just going to be talking about them in order, correct? Correct. We're going to we're going to do this in a linear fashion and just go from the start to the, I won't say the end, but the, the last one that's going to be filmed. Right. So, what are we talking about today, Dad? So, today we're going to go all the way back. This is not a movie. It is a television version of Casino Royale that was filmed filmed in a kinemascope in 1954. So it predates you. It yeah. does, by two years. So There weren't is, anybody alive back then. <laughs> this, is, this is incredibly old. <laughs> this is before all the history. Right. But it, it's interesting because this, this actual kinemascope copy of it was lost until 1980, and somebody found it and was able to, to share it on YouTube or, or, or wherever you can watch it now. But until 1980, it was actually uh, just a rumor that it had been done. 
And it looked like uh, it was a it was a an, an anthology show, right? It was called Climax. It was. It it was part of a an anthology show, like you said, Climax. That it was a bunch of dramas that was done on on television. Right. And this was one that somebody went to Ian Fleming, and he had written Casino Royale, the book, and said, "Well, we'd like to get a an adaptation for television. Could you write that?" And they paid him. I heard it was a thousand dollars at the time to write this one, the screenplay, as well as start to write. Uh, they, they were actually thinking about doing a television series. Hmm. But obviously, when you watch this one, you you you're thankful they never did. No, because uh, <laughs> <So>. it, <laughs> it it was interesting because it was it was the Americans going to Ian Fleming and saying, "Can you write?" a television script for this but americanize it right yes so that's where in my in my mind it it fails miserably (laughs) that it's americanized i mean the first time i heard somebody call him jimmy i thought i was going to throw up yeah Um, jimmy bond just doesn't sound right jimmy bond it's it's weird they they flopped they flopped him and felix Leiter. yes yeah yeah, Clarence. It's, part, it's Clarence yeah, Lighter. Yeah, because they have to make him English, more mm-hmm. English. Yeah, but I mean, so that so that's where it really was that there was a an anthology series that wanted because they had read an Ian Fleming book, Casino Royale, and asked actually asked Ian Fleming to write this, so he did, and then they produced it via an anthology series on um, on American television. Right now, they <laughs> the casting. Peter Laurie is the villain in this. Lashif, 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 and he was great. And he was he was very good in this, and he is he. He's reliable, uh, Peter, Peter Laurie. Yeah, Peter Laurie <laughs> is a he's an odd man. He was had a, a varied career. He, <laughs> if you watch his career, you can watch his weight go up and down drastically. It's crazy, but he um, he was very good in this, and he he stuck to character. Mm-hmm. I think Smar- that, like smarmy uh, and yeah. Yeah, and, and, exactly. and, and, and slimy. I think so. For those that don't know, this is it's, it's a fairly faithful adaptation of the book. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. But it's, you know, Jimmy Bond is there to bust out Lashif because Lashif is trying to win um, at a Baccarat game. And he's trying to win money back so he can pay off basically like the Russian mob or something like that. He's trying to pay off right. these people. Right. And if they bust out Lashif, he won't be able to pay him, and then he'll be killed. Right. And, and that's what we which want. Is a, he finances Cold War plots. Right. Which is a it's a sketchy story, at, you know, at, at the beginning. It's just yeah, really okay. Well, yeah, but and well, but that that's the story, and it it tells it. I mean, that's it hits all the beats, but it. It just felt there was some, a lot of stuff missing from it all, and I think so, a lot of it was just they hadn't figured out what a James Bond movie was supposed to look like. Oh, they hadn't but, even figured out what spy movies are supposed to look. That's like. That's right. What's, what's, well, what's, well, think about this: the the reason that James Bond really took off was that John Kennedy mentioned Ian Fleming Casino Royale as one of his top books that he read, and once Kennedy said that, the book series took off. Mm-hmm. That oh yeah it it was it was a little known book and it was a little series he was writing and then all of a sudden this happened and it just took off so this was a you know trying this was prior to that and it was not only they didn't know who James Bond was I mean if, you know when I was watching this he really wasn't a secret agent no. so that, much yeah that was you something I, I I thought of 
because this is before every Bond movie, which means it's before basically every spy movie. It was 1954. Right, right, exactly. So the only movies that have tropes or things to or or cliches to use that are similar to this are Private Eye movies, and this feels way more like a Private Eye movie than anything else. Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. Because yep. it's it's a lot. I mentioned like the guy they got to play Bond. He's He's not a secret agent. He doesn't look like our stereotypical secret agent. He looks like a guy. And the Barry Nelson was horribly miscast. Yeah. Is he in any relation to Ricky Nelson? No. Okay. No. If you if you remember, he actually played the hotel manager in The Shining. Oh yeah. Whoa. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's Barry Nelson. He's better See, in that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> yeah, much better in that. No, it's. So it plays more like a, a private eye movie. And it's a drama. Yeah, it's a yeah. drama, and it's not. He's not cool. He's a guy who does a job. But the thing is, he's kind of like this dumpy black hole of charisma. <laughs> yeah, well, and, yeah, that's. Uh... And he's, but that's kind of the point. If he's a secret agent, if he's a spy, you kind of want to like glance past him and forget about him. And that's so, that's actually yeah, but, that's a good point. But the so change. If you're gonna make a, if you're Sorry, gonna go make a, if you're gonna make a spy movie and you don't know how to make a spy movie that your first thought is you'd want someone who's invisible well because james bond himself is probably one of the worst spies ever because all he does is just go around and says his name to everybody (laughs) well remember james bond is really not a spy no he's an assassin he's a killer yes he's an assassin and in this movie or television show he didn't even work i mean he was an american he worked for something called what combined, combined, intelligence. combined intelligence combined intelligence yep. yeah. the combined intelligence agency because they didn't want to exactly. say cia exactly which is <laughs> so guys you want to start at the beginning and like work through the movie how do you want to do this yeah yeah so yeah, that's, yeah. i i thought <laughs> you know it's it's restricted by a lot of things. It's restricted by not knowing, not really knowing the character yet. Because Ian Fleming knew the character, and in the books, he is a cold, calculating. Like he's not Mister Swamp Debonair. He is. He will kill yeah. you and not think killer. about it. So there, it's rest- constrained by that, but it's also constrained by its television. So there's, you know, it's a teleplay, and I just, I love this opening where you know it's Act One. Jimmy Bond. Oh, Jimmy yeah. Bond shows up at the hotel, and he's being shot at, and like people inside the hotel are like what was all that racket someone taking pot shots like just another day at the casino people getting shot yeah. at and he just wanders in like oh yeah don't mind me just got shot not like i haven't it's had just, that happen to me so yeah, he's even... just it's another tuesday <laughs> and the <laughs> and the door the doorman says are you okay sure i'm fine yeah. Let me Let in. Let me in. I just want to go play cards now. Like, you're not going to investigate any of this? <laughs> it's just funny because even without knowing Bond, they still have the, all right, he's getting shot at, and they still he still tells his name to everyone, so they obviously know that he's there for something. He's getting a set. Someone tries to kill him. So right. they already know. But, but it's interesting because he's known as a really good gambler. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, oh, I'm a good gambler, and I, you know, I win all the time. It's not... It's like he's been there a lot of times where if you look ahead into the future, that's that's not what happens. Right. It's not like he hangs out at casinos all the time and everybody knows. And, and that's him. not it's that's just... not also not what happens in the book. In the book he was just he was the best card right. player in the service. And that's right. and that's right. why they picked him. They sent him there. Because he was a good right. card player. So he, he meets up with Clarence Leiter, the British 
Felix Leiter. Right. And basically, we are then it, told the plot and the rules of Baccarat. Yeah, a very crash course in the rules of Baccarat. And it was was so mind-numbingly boring to me <laughs> to watch, yeah. to listen to him. It was a pretend, okay, I'm going to tell you the, the rules, but really, you're going to tell me my mission. And if anybody listens, I'm going to start telling you the rules again. And it just went on and it on. It drags on And forever. it was like padding. Yeah. yeah. It was like padding. Yeah, I will say that bit, though, was very much was where I started thinking about the, this is a private eye movie. Because that's that kind of coded yeah. language is a private eye thing. That would have been in something like, in a better production, that kind of back and forth would have been more interesting. But again, we don't have but, those. But also, there, there's, there's something really interesting about this. Remember, this was a live mm. broadcast. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was live. It yeah. was not. Oh, yeah. It was recorded, but it was a live broadcast, like you're going to go to a play and watch it. So, you know, anything that happened that didn't go exactly the right way, they just had to keep going. And that, I can understand, that makes the, the little bit more raw feeling to it, makes it make more sense. Right. I don't know how to play Baccarat. I, I still I, I get I think it's it's 21 but nine is 21 but I didn't understand yeah. like the so the one person buys the bank and you're the bank and then you can bet against the bank but you can also put money against the money in the bank and there's the money in the shoe and the bank and the cards and the nerf and, the, and like ugh. the only thing I remember about Baccarat is it's affiliation with James Bond and there was this episode of Pinky and the Brain where that's the only thing Brain knew about about casinos was that they should be playing Baccarat. And that the only yeah. thing he knew about Baccarat was that there was a shoe. Yeah. So they Americanized this. Why did they play poker? Too great effect in Why Casino Royale. They, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, if they went full bore, Americanized it, I think that would have gone further mm-hmm. in this, you know, in this arena. But regardless, they, they assumed a lot and they thought that if Barry Nelson explaining to it wasn't Felix Leiter it was Clarence Leiter yeah explaining it to him that everybody everybody would pick up on it which you couldn't you couldn't really pick up on the rules. No. It just got confusing to well, me. Well, that's another one of those things of... So, 1954, television has been around for, at best, 10 years. Like, in a, in a popular thing. Oh. Yeah, at oh, best. At, at best. Yeah. So, yeah. adaptations of books and stage plays for screen are still incredibly new. They're plays. They're plays, yeah. But they're plays. Yeah, they're plays. I don't think they they would have thought to add a, to change that because well the book says it's Baccarat so we have to adapt the book without thinking you can change it for the audience. But the mass audience in the United States would not know what the heck that I'm was. I'm not so, denying that. So so they but they knew enough that hey we have to have him explain this game but yeah. he does yeah. it in a, such a see I think the the problem with this I never really understood the stakes like okay we got to bust this guy out like you need to clearly right. spell out Le Chief is going to go plant a bomb here unless we. Stop him and a way to stop, or or he's going to kill this person, or he's going to do this. I have to stop him, and the way to stop him is to bust him out of this game. And that way, that that was never explained, you know. So, so him explaining this game, then I actually thought that them playing it was good. Like I liked the Mm -hmm. back and forth there, but I didn't care if he busted him out because I didn't know why. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They didn't really understand. You didn't understand what the end goal was. That oh, if I don't stop him from doing this, this happens. Mm -hmm. You never really heard that it was just finishing my olives (laughs) (laughs) for me one of the problems was during the game once they started playing in act what two or whatever they tried to to show suspense and that oh you know i didn't win this one i 
I should win. You know, it, it went on and on like it was suspenseful, but I never picked up on the suspense. Because the space didn't because change. Because I didn't really understand what was going right. on. Right, and, and, and Jimmy Bond, Jimmy, for God's sakes, um, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's face never, like, showed anything. It was, it was just, no. oh, I guess it's I lost like, another hand. So... Yeah. In every movie that has poker, save Casino Royale, the later, the most recent one, how does the protagonist win? Well, the bad guy pulls out a straight flush, and then the protagonist pulls out a royal flush, and it's every single time. Watch Maverick. The Sting. Oh, oh yeah. the sti- I mean, to me, that is it's perfect. You know, it's a perfect card game. You watch it, and at the end, you know what happened mm-hmm. and who right. won, mm-hmm. and it was suspenseful and exciting. And this one was kind of blah. Yeah. yeah. But no, yeah, Maverick ends with that, that he throws the, the ace yeah. down because that's it's yep. perfect and it's dramatic. But this, I don't know the rules of the game, so I can't tell <laughs> so, how good this is. Yeah. It, look, <laughs> it looks like the crazy little Frenchman is pissed, so maybe he lost. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Context I so. clues. I'm yeah. an adult. I can understand by context clues. Right. And I just, so there was that. There's a lot of little things. You know, he orders a scotch and water. and, yeah, and that was bad. He he drinks a ton in the books, and it's not just he. Yep. He doesn't only drink martinis. He drinks anything he can get his grubby little hands on, and it, like it makes a big yep. deal out of that. Like he's he's a horrible alcoholic. He smokes like nine packs of cigarettes a day. They're specially made. He, he they talk about those. What Dun Dunhill? But it's like a special. And, blend. Oh yeah, like he it's, gets them specially made. Yeah, yeah. It's like extra nicotine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but one one of the big things in Casino Royale that it, it, it takes a, a part of the book that it describes that he makes the vesper. He creates this martini yep. and it's three measures of Gordon's one measure of vodka one quinolet and a lemon peel served cold and a goblet which is the beauty of the latest Casino Royale where he goes into detail he does describing it. that so the fact that Lucas you, you you talked about how they slavishly tried to adapt this book I wonder why they didn't do that yeah. and, and well I don't even know if I'm right about the slavishly adapting it just it seems like that based on how adaptations work and, and how television only, has only existed for a blink of an eye so they don't they don't know what they can do with television yet. Yeah. But but to me think about this. Ian Fleming wrote the screenplay. Exactly. For this, so he left yeah. that out. Right. He, yeah. He, right. And it's just so funny the iconic like it, it's the things are there. It hadn't it, it just didn't form yet. You know so it wasn't yep. Bond yeah. yet and it wouldn't be him until I mean until I guess Dr. No. So big surprise he busts out Le Chief, who has subtly shown him like razor blades throughout the game which was like it was well, and even <laughs> even clarence uh, lighter tells him he keeps three razor blades you know one in his shoe one in his cigarette pack and one somewhere else i forget yeah and then he how does he, he know that he though? breaks like, one out yeah i'm not i'm not really sure because Cla- clarence because is a better spy than james bond <laughs> Well, they're telegraphing it right. to the audience. Right. You know, be be prepared because there's going to be a razor blade. So then the, you know, when the... And I will say the, the woman in the movie... Mattis. Mathis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the woman, exactly. She plays the character Mathis, who is a man, is the a sheriff in the book. The, oh, the, that's the, right. the character of Vesper Lind is the woman in the book, and and she's out. Uh-huh. But the woman in the mo- in the, uh, the teleplay, was she was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, she's fine. She was pretty good. But, but then it was kind of... Of a oh well we've already had this romance some you know 
prior to this and I know him kind of thing, which was kind of odd. Yeah, and that's actually, it's funny that, you know, James Bond has been around for a long time. He doesn't ever run back into the people. Like, I, I, that would be, that's something. No, they're all dead. That, well, that would be something, that, that would be hilarious that, you know, Daniel Craig is doing his new thing in the new movie and, and Christmas Jones, <laughs> the nuclear, the, the nuclear <laughs> physics played by, by, yeah. by Denise Richards shows up. It's like, wait a minute, oh you're, you're from the wrong movie. Go away. <laughs> the torch, so, Lashif. The torture. So Lashif needs to get his money back because oh. the bad guys are going to, the really bad guys yeah. are going to come kill him. So he goes to Jimmy's room and tortures him. And I don't know I how he tortures he him. Toes, he was cutting toes off. Well, but they, they couldn't show it in 1954. And that's yep. fair. Yep. But it was interesting to see he got a check. And then he has to hide the check. So he unscrews the, the number on his door and he hides the check. Well, I, I, it's just mind-boggling to me that now we're in 2020 and that's how they're winning. They're paying people yeah. is with a check. I can count yeah. on one hand the amount of times I've used a check. <laughs> I know. And if even if he got the check, wouldn't Jimmy Bond have <laughs> to sign, sign it, it over to yeah. him? Does he need two forms of ID and Correct. a valid driver's license and a phone number on the on the yeah. check? Exactly. I've got a toe that I've just cut off of him. Does that count? Does that but but to compare the back to the torture, compare the torture in the newest yeah. Casino Royale, you know, where the chief was doing what he was doing, and this one, and it was it was bad. You kinda sorta knew what he was doing. Right. But you didn't see it. The one, the torture, the so, torture scene in Casino Royale, the newest one, actually was what happens in the book too. Exactly. And exactly. I mean, we'll, it was we'll verbatim. Get, we'll get there. Yep. Yeah, you, you kind of knew what he was doing, but he's not a great actor, so all of his, his like torture faces yeah. are just like, well, it looks like he's the same. Yeah. Well, <laughs> As it's, when he's the he same was, yeah. He's, he's these over the, the top one, anguish. And it's like okay. The one, the woman was much better, correct, at reacting to what was going on than yeah. than Barry Nelson, correct. Was. And then I forget how like they leave him and he he escapes and they Lashif gets killed because he isn't he like backing out of the room like with a razor blade to well, the he, girl's yeah, neck. He's got the razor blade up to the girl and then he gets. It's interesting. I think Bond yeah. shot him, but they didn't show it. He had a gun and even that was another problem with Barry Nelson. He kept fainting or like you know he was like completely overcome. Where of course in future James Bonds he always even though he's racked with pain he comes through yeah but with this one he didn't really do that yeah it was very i mean for a show called climax it was yeah. surprisingly lacking <laughs> one it ended it just ended. exactly i'll leave that one alone <laughs> <laughs> It was it was very interesting because it was it was almost like you know Casino Royale. It's this British book about this you know Monte Carlo casino. It's yes. in Monte Carlo, right? It's supposed to be or uh, something like that. Like it, it you know, it's yeah. on the Riviera. You know, it, it European locale in a really cool place. And it's as if someone read here in America read that and then tried to describe the book that they read to their friend that had never left the city limits of small town yeah. Iowa, and they <laughs> exactly. had to dumb it down. <laughs> and like Americanize it so they would understand it. <laughs> and I loved Barry Nelson's haircut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his ill his ill fitting tuxedo. Oh yeah. Just yeah. It just wasn't yeah. it was his name's Jimmy Bond. They call him Jimmy Bond. Like that was just the silliest that was I mean, the silliest was, part. That was the silliest I mean, part I was of the whole thing. Looking at this, like it had they cast it well, had they cast it with like Humphrey Bogart or or somebody that could add some yeah. depth to it. It, it would have been mm-hmm. so much better. It, like there's there's yeah. parts there that are, are interesting and as like a an artifact of 
Bond lore, it's interesting because of how weird it is. Because it's not a spy movie. It's not a Bond film. He doesn't do anything Bond. And the, it, if it had been called something other, otherwise, it might have been might have been better. Like just a weird like casino thing. Actually, the the guy that introduced the whole he would have made a better mm-hmm. Bond. The, the um the thing he would have been much better at it. And it, actually, he was a fairly good actor. I can't William William mm-hmm. Lundegren or something like that. It was he would have been much better because you know he was flipping the cards out of the shoe. Yeah. As he was talking, I'm like, well, you know, you'd have been a lot better at this. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even have had to get Humphrey Bogart, though. I mean, you could, like, there's, right. like, William Holden was oh, yeah. around there. Oh, that'd have been you great. Could, you could do, I mean, there, there's a bunch of bunch of actors that, I mean, James Mason. Why didn't you have James Mason? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd have been perfect. I'm Bond, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> But I I will say that watching this, if an audience watched this show, they would not have said, okay, they're on to something. I need to see a movie about this now. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. No, he he would not have inspired. No. In what was to come, which is so. So this was. I'd, I'd be interested to see. I want to read up on what happened between this and then. So Doctor No is the first movie, but it's not the first. They did them out of sequence. Yeah, yeah, although the, know, the, like the first, he wrote them versus right. what got filmed. The and first was book was Casino Royale. Litigation problem with somebody that Ian Fleming was working yeah, that's with. Why, yeah. That's why we had Casino Royale and another Thunderball yeah, that wasn't Thunderball. But uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I know, I know. So it's an interesting, I think that's why I really wanted to do this because it's not only a series of movies, it's like a series of events that happen happened in history that and and how they're linked together i mean yeah. i don't know it, it's just really cool how yeah well and, and how, then just 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 changing it'll be interesting to see how tastes and how culture changes throughout it and how you know yeah. the 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 tv kiss that they have which is basically yeah. just faces smushed like smashing together versus in skyfall there's a shower scene but there's never you know, any and, new there's never any nudity in not in any of them. is in goldfinger and that's when she's painted gold. I know. But that was gold. Yeah, exactly. But it's that's still. It, that's interesting. Yep, you're right. That's the one yep. that you haven't seen. And that was an that was an Albert Broccoli thing that, nope, we're not going to have any. Huh. So that, that was interesting. But no, and, and just think of how long a span of time this takes place. I mean, from 1954 to 2020. Right. And we're not done. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And this how is, things have changed. Yeah. And you're... I, I, this is kind of weird, but you guys' images of these movies are different than mine because I saw them at the theater for the first time. Yeah. It was, you know, something had, like Thunderball or, or Dr. No, we went to the movies to see this, mm-hmm. and nobody had ever seen a movie like that. And unfortunately, you guys can't say that because you, you know, had seen other movies, and now this is almost right. nostalgia for you. Or for me, I can remember... I remember sitting there going, oh my God, that is the coolest guy I have ever seen. I want to be him. Well, that was one of the best scenes in, in Catch Me If You Can when Leonardo DiCaprio hears, hey, yeah, he's like the James Bond of the skies. He's like, who's James yes. Bond? And he goes and sees Goldfinger, and immediately after it, he's like, so this is the suit that he wore, yeah. and this is the car that he oh, got? Yeah. 
<laughs> I can remember that you can edit this out. I can remember going to see, I think it was Thunderball. Bond had a, a shoulder holster. You know, he had his his, yep. his wall through PPK. And it was it was like a white leather shoulder holster. and had blue straps. And I had, I had Grandma make me one so I could wear it because I had the gun. It was a plastic gun. And that was, oh, my God. I wanted to wear it to school. And luckily, they, they convinced me not to yeah, do that. No, that you should not edit that, that out. That's awesome. That's, that's wonderful. That, no, that's wonderful. Well, and, and it's funny because mine, the first one we saw in the theater, Lucas, yep. that was Goldeneye. And I, my, that's crazy. My experience, and, but I've, I've seen them all. Right. Like, I'd seen them before. But I the one that I saw in the theater was Goldeneye. And my James Bond was completely influenced by the Gold Nintendo 64 yeah, Goldeneye, yep. Goldeneye right. game. Like, that, yep. like that's mine. So when I but think also, of think of nostalgia for also, James Bond, it was that it's that video game too, which is completely yeah. different. Which is interesting. That's completely different than the James Bond yes. is portrayed in Doctor No. But think about everything that the first movie, not this just one, the mu- <laughs> just the no, 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 I'm gonna ignore this one. Mm-hmm. Just, just the music, just the music influenced everything yep. going forward. Mm-hmm. And when you watched a movie, all of that was already in the people that were making the yes. movies. It was already in their heads and. It influenced them completely. Where when I went to see Doctor No, when that theme started, I thought, "Oh my God, yeah, this is the greatest perfect. thing I've ever heard." <laughs> it was everything. It was sexy. It was raw. It was a spy. It, I, I don't know how they did that, mm-hmm. but that that I that guitar riff is yeah, absolutely a, perfect. An NPR thing years ago about how it was based off of like it's a, an Indian sitar. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Yep, and it's it's. Oh wait, it's wait, it's Mister Good Sign, Mister Bad Sign. I think that's what it was. Oh, and it's a, yep, the, yep. Yeah. But to listen, and even to listen to it now, it is mm-hmm. absolutely and it, it sets perfect. Your mind into the perfect kind of thing. It you, makes you, it keys you in into us. Yeah, it, it yep, gets it's, you it's, into it's the iconic, movie. It, yeah, yep. Absolutely, and it's funny how how the 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 movies. Yep have become that kind of iconic thing and, and it, they only work when they have a lot of different things together where Dr. No probably would not have worked right. as well if it didn't have the same music. The James Bond movies as they started rolling along it, it's interesting how they you know they added things together you know or they added things to it you know where you know Q became such an integral part in the oh, things yeah. and the gadgets and M. and M and all these things and Miss Money Penny. Penny none of those things yep. are present in this earliest iteration and I think that's no. that's that's no. for me that's probably what colored it so poorly for me was that well this isn't James Bond right. there's none of that stuff in it no it, it was just a it was an Ian Fleming written screenplay that they produced on television and it I, I you know it'd be interesting to find out how many people actually yep. watched it and what what the reaction was what are they doing playing that weird game with <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly man that that James uh, Bond, he's so cool. But I, I don't know. To me, it's it has always been, and I think that was another reason I wanted to do this. It was absolutely the music. I don't know. It's just something about it that when you hear that music, I get sucked into yep. it immediately. It's like Star Wars. When I hear that music, I'm there. When I hear this, the music that starts James Bond, and you see the, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure, the gun barrel. I'm there. I'm already, everything, all my senses are shut off, and I'm focused on, wow, 
I'm in this. Yeah. I'm in this world. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to move on to the yeah. next ones. <laughs> yeah. To, <laughs> to actual to act, movies. To actual actual James Bond movies. Next up is going to be 1961's Doctor No. Lucas, where um where can folks find us on the on the interwebs for this this really exciting and dangerous and thrilling side <laughs> quest? <laughs> so for the time being, we are going to be releasing this through the normal po- uh normal sword and board feed. It's going to be found on swordandboard.podbean.com it's going to be uh, released uh, simultaneously on all other platforms Stitcher, Spotify Apple Podcasts, any of your major podcasting services our theme music Iron Curtain Shuffle is produced by Ryan Boyd, you can find them at Ryan Boyd on Twitter Dad, do you have anything you want to say? No, I am just, I'm absolutely thrilled that we're doing this, I'm looking forward to all of them even the, I I just, I'm, I'm really happy that we're doing this and I'm, I'm really thrilled well thank you all for listening to this inaugural episode for board james board go enjoy some farmington martinis <laughs> or watered down coca-cola have a good night everybody. all right have a good one